Now entering Nerdist.com. Hello, sleepyheads, and welcome to the Sleepy Cast, the official Sleepy Hollow podcast on the Nerdist Podcast Network. I'm your host, Clark Wolf. Thank you all so much for joining us. This is our last episode, sleepyheads. It's kind of exciting, absolutely bittersweet, but we have an amazing show lined up for you today. And so let's go ahead and get to it. First up, the Sleepy Cast had a chat with the one and only Miss Lindy Greenwood. We talked all things Sleepy Hollow. We caught up with the actress herself to find out what she had been up to since the show wrapped production a few weeks ago. And we answered your questions. Thank you all so much for sending such incredible and insightful questions for Lindy. We had an excellent conversation when she stopped by the studio at Meltdown Comics in Los Angeles, California. So without further ado, here she is, Lindy Greenwood. All right, sleepyheads. Hello. Welcome back. So I have one of my favorite sleepy cast members, <laughs> uh, Miss Lindy Greenwood here at Meltdown. Welcome, Lindy. Thanks, Clark. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much. And I'm so, so happy to have you back here uh, as we, this is going to be on our last episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Our finale, our sleepy cast finale. Oh. Um, but I'm really, really glad we're going to, we did this big um, fan Q&A with Mark uh, about kind of the show so far. Awesome. And um, and that's gonna that's in this episode too. And now we get to sit down with you oh, and talk. Cool. And, and I'm really excited because you know when we last sat down with you um, at the old Nerdist offices, you know it was it was kind of like I think it was even before the middle of the season. It was definitely before the mid season finale. I think you're right. It was like probably like two episodes before the mid season yes. finale, something like that. Yes, yeah. and and a lot has happened. A since lot, then. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> and um, it's funny because anytime I've called for questions over the last couple of days, every Everybody's been like, um, can you ask her if there will be a season three? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like okay, uh, obviously, yes, we yeah. all want to know if there yeah. will be a season Don't three. Don't we all want to know? Well, my gosh. Yes, yeah. as we were talking earlier mm-hmm. before we started recording, we're all in purgatory, all mm-hmm. of the sleepy, all of the sleepy folks. But, mm-hmm. um, but no, I mean, it seemed like the um the fan reaction to the finale was pretty strong mm-hmm. um and the last two episodes uh which i think really are kind of a two-parter even though technically they're not right um and uh how has it been you know now that it's over for now um how's it been for you well i mean in my life as as lindy greenwood <laughs> yeah i mean it's been it's been really cool because i've i've um, sort of disconnected and I did a big road trip from Wilmington, North Carolina to, to here, Los Angeles, California. And um, so it's been really nice to sort of just 
tune out for a little bit. And he, by the way, I mean, we we I, we know this because uh, Phil and Damien both were on a, the single episode, and so mm. they were uh, singing their fellow lovely Canadian praise. <laughs> so, but I mean, was that the first time that you had actually kind of traveled across the states yeah. and like seen? Absolutely, that must have been incredible. Oh, it was so great. I cannot express um, how much I loved that trip. It was just, it was amazing. We camped out in really bizarre places, this place called Bottomless Lakes, um, just outside of, well, in Roswell. Oh, in New Mexico. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And uh, I, we were lying down looking at the stars and this giant flying thing swooped right above us. And I think it was a bat, but it was like two feet wow. long. It was crazy. Um, so I don't know what's in Roswell, but yeah, or it was an alien. It was an alien. It might've been an from alien, alien. Yeah. from area 50, <laughs> area 51. Exactly. Of course. Um, that's incredible. Yeah. And, and how, you know, in terms of, cause I know you and Katya were kind of live mm-hmm. tweeting and with everybody and, and, uh, you know, were you getting good reactions from the, from the fans about oh, yeah. the last couple of episodes? It seemed like it. Uh, yeah. I mean, people seem to really enjoy them. I really liked them too. I mean, you know, of course, as, as everyone knows, that's followed the show, the, audience reaction and critics reaction was not so great to the first half of the season right and um luckily we were able to take some of that uh criticism constructive criticism and and go with it a little bit mm-hmm. and i think that by the end of the second season we really did see a bit of a turnaround and um we addressed some of those issues and it seemed like people really responded well to that yeah i will and in our conversation with um our wrap-up conversation with mark you know he kind of talked about the position of the writer's room you know thinking they had 13 episodes and and then, mm-hmm. and then expanding to 18 and you kind of go, oh, wow, well, that's a thing. Yeah. And, um, but, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, I mean, like, it's, it's kind of good, too. It's, it's growing pains. You know, you're, you're coming back and you're trying new things and introducing new characters. And, I mean, for, for better or for worse, I enjoyed all of the experience, you know. Oh, and, well, I mean, I know I did. But, yeah. uh, but that's great. Well, we, um, you know, we had, I can't believe I haven't talked to you in so long because um, I feel like there was a lot of fun Jenny stuff that happened this season, mm-hmm. um, especially her arc with Holly, I thought was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And I know last time I spoke with you, you were mentioning that you and Matt got along so well just as friends. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's a fantastic guy. And so it must have been fun for you guys to not only get along behind the scenes, but also have these kind of this arc uh, in front of the camera. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it was you know, a surprise to us as well. Um, you know, things change in TV all the time. You have a certain idea of where the, the, the stories are going to go. And then of course things change. And, um, so, you know, Matt and I had no idea we were going to have this arc. So it was a nice, it was a very pleasant surprise to be able to work together like that and, you know, play didn't last as long as I'd hoped. Yeah. But, um, you know, I appreciate the time that we had. Yeah. Well, and, you know, um, uh, Mark said that kind of the same thing. And I've always been Team Holly. I love Nick Holly. <laughs> yeah. um, I love that character, Holly <laughs> Solo. Um, but, uh, but you know, when, um, Mark was saying similarly, like, you know, he he really enjoyed, you know, writing that character mm-hmm. and creating that character. Mm-hmm. And, and I like that he's still off in the universe oh, somewhere. Yeah, yeah so. he's not dead as far as we know. So. And, and even if he were, we yeah. know we, exactly. <laughs> we learned the 
this season that that doesn't that matter. doesn't mean that doesn't, squat. Nope, that doesn't matter much. Yeah. Um. So speaking of dead folks, mm. um, you know, Jenny also has this wonderful, great arc with Frank Irving yeah. that kind of lasts throughout the whole season. And um, you know, I thought it was really neat uh, watching you got uh, the two characters sort of you know be allies when it came to escaping from Terrytown mm-hmm. um, into you know br- him being on the brink and him you know being on the, the dark side and then kind of like bringing him back or being the person who was there and mm-hmm. that had to have been kind of a cool uh, a cool dynamic for you Absolutely. to play out. Absolutely. And you know what? I must admit, I was worried that we weren't going to touch on it um, mm-hmm. because Jenny, I mean, really was pretty responsible for, you know, Irving's fate with the sword and his soul being, you know, taken by or owned by Henry. Uh-huh. So I, I was worried that we wouldn't touch on her sort of reaction to that or her 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 guilt or any, you know, I, I, I was worried we wouldn't wrap that up at mm-hmm. all. But the writers really came through for me. Right. And and I was very, very happy to be able to flush out a little bit more of the, of the Jenny Irving um, storyline. People really like it as well. Everyone, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Bam. It's great. So it was great to have, I mean, and also so fun. We had all those action sequences together. Yeah. Um, and, you know, working with Orlando is always a treat. Yes. He's, you know, a dear friend of mine. So it's really great. Um to work with him. Well, the the scenes, especially towards the end, like yeah. when when he's kind of in full when he's in full evil full evil, evil mode, full T two. Yeah. yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> yeah. Like it was kind of it was kind of amazing to see. But also, I have to say that it was kind of amazing to see, like you know. This this powerful lady action hero kind of being like, nope, I'm I'm gonna stand my ground and kind of like do this for the good. Yeah, and it was because you know obviously there was all the um the um I don't want to say emotional because there was a lot of emotion in the arc with with Irving and Jenny, but with you know Ichabod and Abby and all that stuff going on with the family mm-hmm. and and here you guys are kind of having your own your own thing. It yeah. was it was awesome. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I think that really it did it worked and like you say. Yes, there is a lot of emotion with Jenny and Irving, but it also does bring a certain balance to the whole sort yes. of, I don't want to say sappy because it's not, but in a way, a yeah. little bit, you know, it's like very like family all the time. And, and there is a lot of family to the issues um, with Jenny and Irving, but it kind of gives you a little bit of a break from that and just some straight up like guns and, and yeah. fighting. And a little badassery. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with a little badassery. Um, side note, I know because something that, you know, I, I loved about our last conversation that we had when we were talking about um, the uh, Joe Corbin character, right? And the Wendigo go and all of those things. I mean, we talked about because there's so much that goes on in um, that I think factors into these characters and these scenes that maybe doesn't get scripted out. Mm -hmm. So I know like you guys sort of um, we talked about, you know, you and the other actor who played Joe kind of like talking a little bit behind the scenes like, hey, what do you think this like history would look like? Do you think I mean, have you and Orlando ever had a conversation about like what uh, Jenny and Irving's kind of relationship is? You know, we haven't really as such. We spoke about it when, so in season one, I guess the first episode that we did together, mm-hmm. we had no idea people would respond the way they did. I mean, people are shipping us left and right. Yes. We, had no, we had no idea that would happen. So we did have a conversation about it after that. And... um we kind of came to the conclusion that yeah, that could that could be a possibility. I mean, they have this common sort of warrior spirit, which I think would draw them together. But I think 
um, Irving loves his family so, so very much yeah. that that's not really what it's about. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they have a mutual respect. And I think in a way, Jenny, you know, it's, it appreciates the father figure in Irving. Yeah. So as much as people are like, loving this, you know, to ship us, um, I think it's, it's more complicated than that. There's sure. no... I mean, you can't eliminate sex from anything, right? Like, it's always a possibility. Yes. It's just like, we're human beings, that's the thing. But I don't think that Jenny and Irving are really about that. He he really loves his family. Yeah, I think, and I think that that's pretty clear. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what the fans maybe are responding to, aside from the fact that they, you know, would love to see you two, um, or, or, you know, these two characters sort of go off into the night, is mm-hmm. is also the, this amazing chemistry. Yeah. And you guys have nice chemistry. And I also noticed, you know, there were a couple of scenes this season where you and Ichabod, or I'm sorry, Jenny and Ichabod, you know, get, got to kind of team up and work mm-hmm. together a little bit. And those scenes were so great, too. It's yeah. like, yeah. I want to see more Jenny with everybody. Oh, thank you. You know, I must say, I was super flattered. The last time I spoke to you, I was feeling a bit down because, you know, Jenny was being, I, you know, I felt very sort of underused. I think mm-hmm. she's a fantastic character. And <laughs> I was a little bored sitting around yeah. doing not much. Well, I wasn't really bored. I was having a blast. Wilmington's an awesome place. Place. But um, you know the the writers and the everyone sort of responded to the fan response, uh-huh. and and it's so nice to have everyone come out and be like, "Hey, where the hell's Jenny Mills?" Yeah, and uh, it's just you know, thanks for the support, guys. I really appreciate that. Um, and it, so that was it was really fun to to get more. But um, yeah, the scenes with Ichabod. Um, God, you know who doesn't love Tom? Yeah, working with him is fantastic, and we do have a chemistry. Yeah, you know we love to joke around on set and. He's just a great guy, so it's hard to not have some sort of chemistry with Tom. That's that's fair. Mm-hmm. Well, and also, I mean, every uh, every sleepy cast we have where we get into the, any of Jenny's stories, the writers all love you, mm-hmm. and they 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 love the character, and mm-hmm. they love you. So I'm glad that you know, yeah. like it got to it got to click a little bit Absolutely. more towards the end. And I mean, what could they do as well? I mean, I shouldn't say it sounded almost like I'm blaming the writers, mm-hmm. and I'm not. It's just that there are so many stories to tell. Yes, and there's only you know, there's only so much time. Yeah. So if you start a story, you got to kind of finish it and if there's no room there's no room so hopefully season three um, they'll be able to do a little bit more with her but we'll see that'd be great well Mm. let's do you mind doing some fan questions not at all I'd love to we had so we had some wonderful wonderful um, people write in via Facebook and Twitter and um, so I guess um, the first one I wanted to ask you was um, kind of about what we were just talking about it's from Nicole Evans via Facebook and she asked um, first what is your favorite martial art that you are trained in (laughs) and um uh, she asked about you and Orlando filming the end scene in the tunnels uh, mm. and how that experience was. Right. Um, well, I, I studied Kung Fu from from most of my time. I did a tiny bit of karate and, you know, I do just certain seminars like I did a Kali seminar and things like that. But I sort of settled into Mantis mm-hmm. style Kung Fu. So I guess that would be my favorite, although I really love Tai Chi. Huh. You don't usually think of that as like a martial art. Right. But it, but it very much is. Um, so if I were going to start training again, it p- would probably be Tai Chi. I was thinking, I was actually having this conversation with um, a woman at Nike today. I went to the Nike showroom and they gave me a bunch of stuff um, nice. uh, with Stacy. And she she said, you know, why did you stop training? And part of it is just because I was injured so much. Yeah. You know, just my yeah. body was like so sore all the time. And uh, Tai Chi doesn't do that to you. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, What's the other question about the uh, the scene in the end tunnels? Ah, yes, yes, yes. Uh, 
Well, she also said, I'm sorry to interrupt, but she also said, oh, the feels. <laughs> Aww. I feel you, buddy. Um, what was her name? Uh, Nicole. Nicole. Nicole Evans. Nicole Evans. Thanks for your questions. Um, the scenes in the tunnels. Well, they were uh, kind of tough. I remember Orlando had to kind of toss me around a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, and it was fun. I mean, they were, they were heavy. There's the scene where he's, I don't know if she's talking about, um, the scene where he like, uh, is in the holding cell that, and yeah. yelling at me. That yeah. was terrifying. Yeah. There's a glass pane there. And I remember one, one take, he just like went crazy and you could see the spittle all over the window and everyone was just like, <laughs> Orlando, no, what happened to the funny Orlando? Go back, go back. Um, but yeah, it was, it was challenging, but really, really rewarding. That's good. I mean, well, and it worked too. It was, it was a lot of, it was fun to watch as we have discussed. The tunnels are a hard place to shoot because they are small. And so you have to fit these cameras in there and you use like a lot of handheld stuff. And um, so, you know, it's always kind of a, a journey in there, but it worked out. And that's on location, those no, the, tunnels? No, those that's on set. Those are on set, yeah. but they're just built small. They're built small, mm. yeah. But they do have moving walls and stuff like that, so you can do different things. And um, This was a question that I love, actually, and I actually didn't know the answer to. So, uh, at Star Not Super, um, <laughs> <laughs> said that, sent, uh, her, she sent a couple questions, but the one I really love is, are you anything like your character? Huh. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I think that just naturally when you're playing a character, you bring a lot of yourself into it, mm -hmm. you know? So I think Jenny is like Lindy just by nature of Lindy playing Jenny. Uh huh. But when, you know, on paper, yeah, I think that Jenny, I think that I, Lindy, would be a lot like Jenny if I lived the life that she lived. Sure, you know? sure. So I think we almost are the exact same person with just completely different circumstances. And, um, you know, I can I can be really tough, but I can also be very vulnerable. Sure. And Jenny's the same way. And I like my, you know, humor. Nothing's ever too serious in my life. Yeah. <laughs> um, and... Uh, I love fighting demons in real life. Sure. So. No, who doesn't? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, on that kind of, on that same topic, Collier Jennings, who is at CJ, uh, the architect, mm -hmm. said, would you like to see an origin story for Jenny? Um, I.e. how she became such a badass. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, we didn't get a chance to talk about that mama episode. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that, you know, as this season went on, these shades of different things, were they were sort of colored in a little bit. Bit more mm -hmm. we got glimpses into some of this upbringing mm -hmm. but yeah i mean like you know of course there's there's such like a rich history to both mm -hmm. of the mill sisters but mm -hmm. jenny specifically because she's the one who kind of didn't become a cop uh -huh. you know what i mean yeah. and, and was stuck for a little while well i think just the potential with jenny and and the backstories is just crazy i mean they've set it up in this beautiful way where we really still know very little about her past yeah. so there's a lot of room for for awesome storytelling there and i would love 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 to see it um hopefully at one point you know we do but uh, an origin story would be 
would be aces. I'm telling you, we need more Corbin too. Like oh, I love Corbin. I want to see and necessarily, right. you know, if there's a Jenny story, there's a Corbin story. So that would be really cool. Exactly. Because yeah. that's one of the things that sort of got revealed a little bit this season in that Wendigo episode was like, mm. yeah, Corbin has this relationship with Abby that we know about, but he also had this crazy relationship with Jenny that mm-hmm. they kind of didn't even really know about, yeah. which is insane to me. It's crazy. Yeah. Mm, it's I, absolutely crazy. So we, I'd love to see how that works. Yeah. We need to see that. <laughs> yes. Season three. Um, or season 2.5. Yeah. We'll give you exactly. a web series. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> well, because somebody asked, and gosh darn it, where is it? Here it is. Uh, Lauren Bovier, who is at underscore L E L L E underscore Spencer underscore lots of underscores <laughs> Lauren um, she asked uh, what does she hope to discover about Jenny next season I for one would love to see her uh, explore travels in Nepal Somalia mm-hmm. things like that and you could get a vacation out of it well that's what I always I'm like <laughs> yeah sure Jenny traveled a lot yeah. especially to like Hawaii, Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> Jinx, sell me a beer. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I would love that. I mean, what would I love to see? I would love to. Um, I think that as well as just seeing, you know, where Jenny went, the characters she must have met on these journeys. Uh, yeah. So I think it would be so great for, and a great way to introduce new characters um, to, to follow her life in the past because I bet you she met some some wackos. <laughs> I loved that Kali Yuga episode. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like, mm-hmm. I, I love the way it came out. The, Me too. The, the episode that they put together is fantastic. Yeah. It was one of my favorites. It reminded me of old school Buffy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I just loved every minute of it. And because, you know, yes, like Ichabod and Abby have this crazy story going on with their relationship, but also Jenny and Holly and mm-hmm. then introducing this Carmela character. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you guys are all in the fray together mm-hmm. is, is fascinating. Yeah. And those types of things, like, yeah, let's see more of those, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I loved that episode too. I'm glad you enjoyed it. It was so fun to shoot, and it well. was it was crazy cool mythology yeah. and neat like neat different demons getting pulled in mm-hmm. and different. I just yeah, that was a great one. Um, and Although I did hear the Hindu community was a little bit upset about the misrepresentation, but you have to understand this is we're not we're not writing, you know, any sort of truth. It's it's fiction, yeah. so we're taking you know things and we're we're running with them. But I mean, if we. I'm so, I'm so sorry that, it, that people were offended by it, but I, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's interesting when, when it comes to um, the demonology mm-hmm. in, in any culture, any religion, any faith, any background, any nationality, like mm-hmm. across the board. There's there's always monsters. Uh-huh. Um, so, I yeah, I mean, I'm sure that that was something that people were upset of. They, they felt badly about if anybody got offended. Absolutely. Um, I mean, it's not it's certainly not the intention, of course. Of course not. Yeah. yeah. Well, that that part is unfortunate, but mm-hmm. as, just as a standalone, mm-hmm. as a standalone episode, I certainly enjoyed it. Thank you. Um, so, um, you know, in addition to, um, you know, uh, in addition to maybe going back in Jenny's history, uh, is there anything maybe going forward that Lindy would like to see, um, you know, kind of worked out for this character? I mean, obviously, there's so many different stories that could be told, but like. A couple of fans asked about, you know, we finally met um, Abby and Jenny's mom. Will mm-hmm. we ever met meet Abby and Jenny's dad? I mean, that would be that would be interesting for sure. I have no idea about that. I have no idea where they would take that. Yeah. So, I mean, I can't even like give any sort of insight into that, but it would be really interesting to explore. I would really love 
and I know, you know, obviously this show is really Abby and Ichabod, like um, their chemistry is incredible, but I would love it if the Mill sisters got to go out and do something, you know, and, and kick some ass together. Yes. And, you know, I think that would be really, really great to explore. And I think people would respond well to it. Of course they would. And gosh darn it, I don't have it. Um, we were supposed to sit down with Nicole, and unfortunately our interview got canceled. Oh. Um, but I had a, um, a question from somebody, and if you were listening, I'm so sorry I don't have your name, but they said, mm-hmm. uh, what would Abby and Jenny do on a day off? Oh, that's <laughs> a very good question. <laughs> and, and I was like, wow. Yeah. Because, yeah, you know, one of the things that was so cool mm-hmm. about this season was was uh, in the Caliuga episode the um, the bar scene, the mm-hmm. karaoke scenes, and just like getting to see everybody hang out for yes. a minute. Yeah, <laughs> that scene was funny because we shot the karaoke scene on like. 6 a.m. on a Monday morning oh and we were all like why <laughs> why didn't we do this on Friday night I know. and have some you know real Jameson or whatever but um <laughs> nope 6 a.m. Monday get your cheer on exactly uh, <laughs> everyone relax it's 6 a.m. on Monday morning <laughs> that's so funny so was there ever any talk by the way of you doing a, a karaoke song uh it was mentioned I may have put the guy boss on that one okay, <laughs> is that not for you no I I don't really like karaoke. I do like to sing. I did sing a lot when I was younger. I loved to sing jazz, and but it was challenging. I mean, Nicole had to get up there in front of how many extra, you know, background yeah. performers and sing to this karaoke, um, like what do you call it, track? Yeah, that was slightly off, like the, they the words are. were slightly yeah, like yeah, askew. Yeah. So, and she did just an amazing job. Like she, she did. just got up there and killed it. Um, and then Tom, you know, had to, he got to do this in character. So it's always a little bit easier, I think, to sing in character. But right. Nicole had to actually sing well in front of people. She right. just like, I would have blown that. But I guess it's karaoke, so that yeah. could have been fine, too. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe next year they'll make me do something like that. If Jenny Mills had a karaoke song, do you know what it, what would it be? Oh, gosh. Do you think? I, you know, the only karaoke song I have ever sung in my life was Push It. Oh, that's a good one. So, I, you know, I could see Jenny doing that. Yeah, <laughs> I could see her doing that. Or maybe Danger Zone from Top Gun. <laughs> yeah. Because you, Jenny's in the Danger Zone. Oh, that's funny. That's amazing. I love that. I would love to hear people's suggestions for Jenny's karaoke yes. songs. So if you're listening, tweet at me. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> um, and our, our season three question. Well, a lot of people asked about season three, but Val Phillips. Val D. Phillips asked that one. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Let's see. Uh, do you have a um, a favorite scene that you like one that whether it was, you know, it can be, you know, OK, this was a badass for my character and like finally and yeah, or mm. just something that turned out to be a total blast to shoot? Uh, you know, I really loved in the Caliuga episode uh-huh. um, smashing that guy's head into the glass cabinet. Yeah. What was his name? Crap. I can't remember the actor's name. Anyway, he was he was great to work with. I love it when day players come on and they're just like they just own it and they're just so good. Oh man, if you could find that guy's name for me, that'd be awesome. But I can't remember his name. I'm sorry if you're listening. You were amazing. <laughs> you made that episode. Anyway, that was a great scene. I want to ask about picking the bullets out of the. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. See, that was added. 
it, I wasn't in that episode, and then they added these scenes later yes, on. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, you know, I will say just from a, a screenwriting perspective, and I mm-hmm. didn't ask like this specific question, but anytime you see a single actor in a scene by themselves, mm-hmm. you know, chances are I would imagine that yeah. that's something that the writers had to sort of put in for various reasons. Right. So when I saw you picking these bullets out of a body. I was like, this is ridiculous. It was ridiculous. That was so fun. I can't believe that didn't come to mind right away. But that was just gross. And uh, Alex, the guy who always sort of plays these monsters, he played the Caliugas. Oh, great. Same same body. Um, (laughs) It was, uh, oh man, that was fun. It was so gross. That goo was so real. Like I didn't have to act very hard. I was just kind (laughs) of in it. That's amazing. Um, And uh, let's see. Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, Okay, maybe, maybe, I hope this is not inappropriate. If it is, we can cut it. Because I do not, I do not know what this hashtag is Winterwood. Oh, <laughs> that's Katya and I. Well, so um, it says, oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, she said, I would like to know about some hashtag. Did you think it was Clark? I don't know. What I-, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> but, no, I it's don't not go there. Uh, but, uh, but she said, uh, I'd love to hear about some Winterwood antics that went on behind the scenes. Oh, man. God. Where do I start? So Katya and I lived together in Wilmington, and that was a blast. She's like the raddest chick around. I love her so much. And um, when we when we took our first picture, I think in the house, we were like, "Oh yeah, it's like it's like Winterwood. This is our home." (laughs) And so recently, we've been reunited here in LA. Sure. So it was really lovely to uh, we took another Winterwood picture recently. So I don't antics, man. That that girl can play some pranks. Yeah. She scared me all the time. Like I started to have anxiety that she'd just be there like terrifying me. And she makes these really crazy, scary face. You know how she's so beautiful. Yes, yes. And then she can contort her face in these ways that are just horrifying. <laughs> And we've seen some scary faces over the last couple of episodes. It's true. So it doesn't didn't she kick me. some ass in that? She last? kicked oh, major man. ass. Yeah. I wish I could talk to her. They didn't. She didn't want to talk to us. Oh no! I know, but that's okay. We'll catch her some other time. She is great. I don't know why she didn't want to talk. To that's you. okay. I'll talk to her about it. She thinks I have cooties or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but but she killed it literally and yeah. figuratively. Yeah. No, but yeah. she was awesome. Yeah, she was like great. really, really brought it, and it mm. was really fun to mm. to see yeah. as, as a viewer. I'm sure it was really fun for her to play as well. She's been waiting to use her magic forever and I then know. finally she That's got what to. Raven yeah. said when we had him in to talk to 17, he was like Katia said to me earlier this season, when will I get to do my magic? <laughs> and he was like I promise I'm going to give you some badass magic. And yeah. He sure did. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess um, I guess uh, one last question that we have here is um, also from Star, our, uh, Star Not Super. Is Was it difficult to get into character for these emotional scenes, like sister scenes with mm. Nicole that you had kind of earlier this season, like in Mama, I guess she's yeah, um, yeah. That's always it's always yeah, it's difficult. That's like the challenge of our job, but that's why we love it. Like when you get to have these sort of meaty scenes and you get to really challenge yourself and 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 go for it. It, c- it can be really difficult because you're on set. There's a million people walking around. Mm-hmm. How how many takes you have to do is never, you know, you never know. Yeah. It's like do I use all of my emotion and my energy for this take or are you going to do another one? How close are you? You know, is this my close up or Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, um, yeah. and sometimes and of course you want to give a lot to the person th- that you're acting opposite to. So right. with Anjanou for instance, she was such a 
giving, giving yeah. actor. And she gave Nicole and I so much to work off of when it was our coverage. So generous of her. I mean, she has oodles of emotion. It's like she's got, she doesn't need to really reserve so any. So expressive. So expressive. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Short answer, yes. Difficult, but extremely rewarding. Um, so uh, LaRonda Banner, and I'm going to ask, because she, she asked this a handful of times via email. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have her exact question in front of me, but I remember it. Mm-hmm. Um, she kind of asked about Jenny's feelings towards <laughs> the, um, towards Ichabod mm-hmm. regarding perhaps the peril that her sister had been placed in. Mm-hmm. Like the idea that, hey, she just kind of vanished into this vortex and now she's back. And could you please watch over my sister a little bit better? At the last episode? Yeah, or, or just in general. I mean, like, yeah. you know, obviously, like, I think she's just generally asking about... I, I hear that question for sure. And I, I've, it's something I've thought about a lot. Um, I think that Jenny can't help but respect Ichabod. And she knows their quest. She knows they are witnesses and and... Is, is there for the fight and she'll do what she can to support that fight. But, dude. Yeah. Look out for my sister. Like, she's all I've got, you know? Yeah. So, uh, I think especially when, you know, Ichabod was risking a lot to save Katrina, mm-hmm. Jenny was like, what the hell are you doing? Like, I don't care about this witch. Right. <laughs> this is, I mean, I would, but do not risk my sister, the second the other witness right. um, to save this woman that, you know, doesn't really, maybe doesn't even want to be saved. We don't know anything about her. Yeah. So yeah, definitely there's some potential resentment there um, uh, for, for, for Ichabod towards Ichabod. But um, I think he, I think he clears it up pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. And yeah. and there's definitely, there's, you guys have a very, very, very nice moment in that final scene where mm. you have to sort of ask about, Mm-hmm. about Katrina and you know I mean I think that scene was sort of played very very delicately by all involved mm-hmm. because I think you know and I've talked about this with a lot of different pe- writers especially you know like there could be this temptation to be like so Katrina right like that sucks we all knew right you know yeah. like because you know like when you're in this group dichotomy like clearly you, we had this conversation or the the players of the cast had this conversation a thousand times like can we trust this person like mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about this like you know she's really risking a lot for mm-hmm. this dude that we don't trust yeah. and all that stuff so but I felt like you know as Jenny must have still had some sympathy for her of friend of course and because nothing's ever black and white and we all saw Katrina um, fight for yeah. the cause for a long time. I mean, let's not forget Katrina was in purgatory yeah. forever. Yeah. And it, she was put there doing what she believed was right. right. And it, you know, she had a a switch, <laughs> horrible, horrible switch. But I mean, we can all sort of understand where she's coming from. Absolutely. So, and I think Jenny, of course, is. No stranger to the gray area. Right. That's a great point. Yeah. That's a great point. Well, and also, you know, and Abby has that line, too, where they're walking in the woods in the finale. And she's like, listen, she was good. She saved Mm -hmm. both of our lives. Like, you know, this is a turn that happened, but your wife loved you. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, she's in there. But, you know, what has to be done has to be done. So, yeah, yeah. I I loved it. I thought it was great. I loved the way it unfolded. And I just I guess to wrap things up, you know, is there when you look back on the experience so far, Mm because. You know, our, all, of our, all of our fingers are crossed mm-hmm. that there will be more sleepy adventures. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but when you look at it back at it, you know, do you have anything stand out or any sort of like feelings about it or just like all positivity? Yeah. I, I had such a great time and it's been so good for me and my career. 
And, um, you know, I wouldn't have done it any other way. Like, I mean, you can't, so there's no point in, you know, <laughs> worrying about stuff like that. But really, overall, like a lot of good came out of Sleepy Hollow in my professional life, but also in my personal life. Yeah. You know, I met a lot of great friends in Wilmington and, um, yeah, all positive. And let's hope you meet some more in Atlanta. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, Fingers absolutely. crossed. Fingers crossed. All right, lady. Well, thanks mm. for coming in today. My we, pleasure. It's so nice to close out the season with such a friendly face. <laughs> so um, we're really grateful and thank you so much. My pleasure. That was Miss Lindy Greenwood catching up with us, and uh, we are always so grateful for her time. She had been on the Sleepy Cast many times this season. If you are new to our show, please, we have so many episodes that have already gone up covering season one and season two. And just because we're not going to be cre- creating any more episodes for the next little while uh, doesn't mean that there isn't tons to discover. So be sure to go back into our log and take a listen. And now we are going to hear from Mr. Mark Goffman. Now, Mark has been an incredible resource and asset for us here on the Sleepy Cast. He is, of course, the showrunner of Sleepy Hollow Season 2. He has been with Sleepy Hollow since the first season, and he has always been so kind and open with us, answering all of our questions, making time during his crazy schedule to sit down with us and chat about the episodes he's written about the show in Season 1 and Season 2, and even some Easter eggs for Season 3 that uh, they laid the groundwork for in the season two finale, which aired last week. So we asked Mark your questions. You guys submitted questions via email, Facebook, Twitter, all over the place. And, uh, and we sat down with Mark and, uh, and he answered them for us. So here he is, the showrunner of Sleepy Hollow in season two, Mr. Mark Goffman. All right, Sleepyhead. So we are back in Meltdown almost one week later with Mr. Mark Goffman, the showrunner of Sleepy Hollow. Thank you so much for coming in and talking with us again today. Oh, my pleasure. Just dropped my kid off at uh, <laughs> preschool and uh, right down the street, and here I am. Swing by. It's perfect. It's perfect. A lovely way to spend a morning. So um, we are recording this uh, the morning after the season two finale uh, aired, and um, and and I, from what I saw, the fan reaction was pretty cool. I mean, everybody seemed to, most most people seemed to enjoy themselves. And I mean, that's got to be nice. Yeah, look, we, we had a lot of fun with this episode. That's would, most important. It was something that, you know, uh, it was an episode I was very excited to write from the beginning. It was actually part of the pitch we came into Fox with in February of last year, a year ago. Um, when Back when we were doing 13. And uh, <laughs> And and it really felt like a, an incredibly fun way, you know, to spend some time with Abby and Crane. And, and so I'm glad that uh, people enjoyed it as much as we did getting to make it. Well, you know, um, so actually you bring up a wonderful point. Um, a lot of the, a, lot, a couple of fans actually reached out regarding uh, Katrina's arc, you yeah. know, and, and we, um, you know, the, a, a lot of different people asked like questions about, you know, how long had that been in the works? And um, also, you know, was it a tough decision for you guys to, to you know, this character has been with us since season one and making that choice. Um, and the same with Henry as well. It's interesting. Um, the show I worked on prior to this was white collar mm-hmm. and in white collar, um, the Matt Bomer's character spends most of the first season trying to find, uh, Kate is, uh, is his girlfriend. And in the, in the final episode of the first season, uh, she's killed in a, um, a plane explosion. And then the second season became very much about his quest uh, to find who, who killed her and why. 
Um, but, uh, you know, it, what it taught me was that there's a lot of story to tell and there's a lot of emotion and, and you just don't want to play anything longer than you need to. Mm-hmm. And so while that first season really became about that unrequited love and the quest to, to get his girlfriend in season two, you know, the show went five more seasons um, and and went beyond that. And it was really the, the story of, of Neil Caffrey and, and, um, and you know, Peter Burke, uh, who was played by Tim Decay. And so... I had in in the back of my head I knew that there was a world that could exist without Katrina and that that was something that you know we could you know that that would work for these characters when the time came and um you know when the decision was made to you know we we all really liked her and wanted to keep her in the show for season 2 and um you know figure out the way to make that work particularly we thought it was a, a fun storyline uh for her to go uh evil and um, then it just became, you know, constructing that arc uh, for her. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was always part of the plan. Mm-hmm. It, it was from, from day one. It was just how and when. <laughs> how and when. Well, so our next question comes from Clark Wolf in Los Angeles, California. And that's me. And, um, <laughs> I, you know, I do this show with you guys every week and I love doing it. And um, But something I've learned about while doing this show is the art of making television. Um, because I, you know, I still don't even understand how ratings work, but that's a different story. My question for you is I watch a lot of genre TV. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that was really fun about season one in Sleepy Hollow, you get this tight 13 episode, you know, mm-hmm. program. Um, and then, you know, we find out, okay, now we're getting an expanded season, which, you know, on the one hand is like, awesome, we get extra more time in Sleepy Hollow. Wonderful. Yeah. It's like that candy bar you get more and you're like oh now i'm fat because i ate it exactly that's exactly it so so but my question for you is you know especially because we see so much genre on tv play out over limited episode runs Mm -hmm. you know and um so it had to have been a challenge for you guys to take this um really tight action-packed season one and kind of expand it into season two into 18 episodes yeah, you know, I mean, look, some of my, all of my favorite shows, uh, Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad, um, Homeland. These these are all shows that have between ten and thirteen episodes, and and there's there's a way that you can approach the season and a time that you can take to construct that um, to be just it just it, it works, especially on a show like this where. There's an epic feel to it, an adventure, and um, we're sort of cascading towards the apocalypse. And that was certainly the construction of season one. Um, in season two, we started out thinking that it was going to be a more limited order. And then, um, you know, with the, the success and also sort of the, the feeling that uh, we could do 18, um, when that, you know, decision came down, um, we had to think, okay, now how do we take the season that really we had sort of constructed or thought about? Because this was probably halfway into the writing process mm-hmm. um, when we heard we were going to do 18. Um, how do we expand it out and how do we make sense of that? And it's also a really demanding production process. Sure. I mean, all around, we spend 
months thinking about our creatures. We really do. We take a lot of care and a lot of pride in doing things that you haven't seen before that are cool, like the, our, our version of the Pied Piper and the Kindred and um, you know, so many of these uh, memorable creatures take, take months to design. Mm-hmm. Um, and same thing with our effects. And our production is big. We do – I mean, look at last night's episode. Yeah. A humongous battle sequence. And that was just in the first 30 seconds, you know. Um, that wasn't even the first. We had, I think, three significant battles, which is unheard of for, you know, a network television schedule. Um, so to do that kind of production – um, really takes it, it takes many many days, and it, there's a production and a cast availability. And so, moving to 18, we really had to spread things out, use more of the you know beyond our core characters, um, and have to reconceive kind of how to how to you know uh, create an episode so that uh, we weren't going to you know wear down production and cast. And it's just a different beast, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's what we got in the middle. And then by the end of the season, we were able to get back to, um, you know, the, so sort of the beginning and the end, I think, were more what people had in season one. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. That makes sense. But, you know, I mean, look, there are, and like everybody has their own opinion and there are different camps on this or, or whatever. You know, you, 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 as fans, it's, fans take ownership of what they love, and I understand sure. that. But I actually like the idea of expanding the universe and bringing in other characters and oh, those yeah. types of things. I think that's, that can be a good thing. Of course, and, and hopefully it is. And, you know, and, and that's part of the fun of the show is we got to do more. Um, we got to expand out the universe. And, you know, not every episode was this just, you know, balls to the wall, uh, apocalyptic stakes. And I, I think that was nice. We we tried to do like mini arcs, like two or three episode arcs where, you know, you get into it and then, um, you know, we, we get to a climactic point and then things settle and everything changes, whether that was our mid-season finale when mm-hmm. we had Mullock's death and then we come back and everything is different and then you know we have a few surprises in there like Irving gets to return and we can play out those arcs but they're they're you know played over several episodes and then you know and then we get to finally these last two that were really you know very much conceived as as a, a continuation sure so while we're still on the topic of the finale I wanted to ask one more question which is a question I had but also Carissa Garrison via Facebook asked this in the final moments of the episode after you know um, Frank and Jenny have left the room and mm-hmm. Ichabod and Abby are the last two standing. Ichabod kind of turns, looks off. It kind of looks like he sees something, but it also, <laughs> it's like, it could be just a... Did you read the script? No. Okay. No, I haven't read the script, but I mean, we, I, so does he see something? What is that about? Or can you tell us? Yeah, well, I will. Okay, so... Um, He's really he's assessing this room, which so much history has happened in the room. That it's where the Liberty Bell was. That's where this coven used to meet with Washington and uh, Jefferson. And um, when he looks back, initially in the script, a bird came in, a crow. Ah, and uh, it was something that um, we cut for production. But I actually we kept the shot in because we initially we had looked at not even using the shot. Kept the shot in because I thought it was just a moment for him to really pay tribute and respect to his his wife and the life that he had is now gone and he's taking one last look back. 
And that to me was important mm. for him to do. Mm-hmm. And I'd feel like I, I, we didn't need an extra magical moment at that point. Sure. So. That, and also that would have, look, I got a thousand questions of, so is Katrina really dead? Is Henry really dead? And I mean, look, we can all play that game until the cows come home, right? Yeah, the beauty of, of this show is that um, maybe. Maybe. You never know. <laughs> so um, in terms of the ramifications of, of kind of what this season, um, a lot of people asked about Abraham. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I mean, it was um, just multiple, multiple people tweeted and said, so, you know, is Abraham still around? Is he, you know, and so I'm curious, and, and this is not future projecting into season three. I'm just curious in terms of like the mythology of, of, this, of the season. What, what's going on with Abraham? Last we saw Abraham... He was off looking for his head, and he's off looking, <laughs> as I would do if mine were missing. Uh, right, right, right. And he's off uh, looking for, you know, a way, uh, is there a potential way to separate him from the horseman uh-huh. of, of death? And um, that was the last experience we had with him with Katrina. Uh, I, I'm certain he's still out there, mm-hmm. and uh, he's probably going to be... If he was angry before, I think he'd be pretty damn angry now. Yes. Um, now that Katrina is dead. So, um, yeah, I, I certainly don't think we've seen the last of him. Well, and Abraham also, or, or uh, the headless horseman, is is very much, you know, the, one of the central figures of this mm-hmm. show. Whether or not he's tied to Moloch or tied to these things, I mean, like, you know, I would assume that... Can, well, that's actually an interesting question. Do you think that Sleepy Hollow, the TV show, can continue without the Headless Horseman? I mean, I wouldn't want it to. I love the Headless <laughs> yeah. Horseman. Uh, I think it's, you know, it's, it's a part of the fabric of the show. And it's, uh, you know, when you think of Sleepy Hollow, you think of the Headless Horseman. That's right. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I can't imagine. Mm-hmm. All right, that's fair. So, um, speaking of Katrina, one last thing. A couple people asked, yeah. uh, Pernell uh, Cruzado and Jem Cruz uh, asked via email, uh, now that Katrina's gone and uh, presumably Henry is gone, we, we're sort of without our wishes, uh, but we got this little hint dropped in episode 217 that perhaps Irving's wife and his daughter might have a little witch in them. Yeah. Now, are those two things connected in some way? I mean, that was kind of a really interesting revelation that just sort of got dropped, and then it's like, oh, well, we'll see what happens. Yeah, well, yeah, it, they may, you know, the the thought was that, or at least it's hinted that they, you know, they may not be in town, so they may not have heard the bell, right. or they might not have been close enough. Um, but, uh, you know, Irving certainly has been given information that, uh, that they do have witch blood in them. And so if they are within Sleepy Hollow, uh, they would have been affected. Mm. That's going to be, it's also not clear that the spell was completed. Right. Um, but, uh, I think that's 
you know, a possibility. It's a possibility. Uh-huh. Kind of cool. I uh, especially well, it's it's uh, there's a whole lot of magic going on for the lovely actress who plays um, who plays Cynthia because she's now going to be on Ash versus the Evil Dead. <laughs> <laughs> so she's going to be all kinds of magic. Uh-huh. By the yeah, time she's she, great. Yeah, she's excellent, excellent. Um, okay, so um, speaking of magic, we got a lot of neat questions about, uh, and these are these are more. I just want to clarify for our for our listeners, you know, because the other the most popular question that people send. In was so. Is there going to be a season three? And I'm like, guys, <laughs> like, not up to me. Yeah, exactly. If, if it I, were up to me, yeah we'd, yeah, we'd have many, many more. Exactly, and of course, wouldn't, but wouldn't be a question. Exactly. So when you guys find out is when we, I will find out. So you know, unfortunately, but yeah, but keep keep uh, keep up the the pressure. That's right. That's um, right. It does make a difference. So th- thank you everybody for supporting this. Show. Absolutely, and um, but so I just want to clarify for our listeners. These are I want to. Uh, these, I'm not future projecting when I ask these questions. I, I think it's more of a mythology question um, for you. So that's my little disclaimer. Okay, so um, one of the themes of this season specifically is that magic has a cost, mm-hmm. right? Magic has a cost, and um, a lot of a lot of different people, uh, Loranda Banner and um, and uh, the insightful panda and Troy Kimira, insightful the, panda, insightful panda, I meet insightful panda, a very active Facebooker. So which I always enjoy reading their lovely theories. That cool. Insightful Panda loved Orion, by the way. Oh, And lots of too. people did. And lots of people asked, is Orion coming back? Because he's still yes. out there, right? Yes. All right, all right. He, Max is awesome. The character's awesome. Yeah, he he would be great. And he's still out there, so. So who knows? He's partying um, with the kindred. <laughs> that's right. As, as Tom sa- says, they're eating shawarma at some <laughs> restaurant. Avengers in, style. Uh, yeah. That's excellent. So, um, but in terms of magic, with Abby, uh, Abby's time travel experience, right? Mm-hmm. Abby going back and coming forward. Do you all? Do you think that you know, perhaps there would be a magical cost to this experience? Will will that trip? And aside from the immediate ramification, right, of Katrina's, you know, death, would that trip have something? Have future effects or have effects on her? Yeah, I, I think that um, that is definitely something to be explored. And it's also something, you know, that present-day Crane doesn't know a whole lot about. I mean, right. there's, a, there's a time cut in there, so he's been maybe filled in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I think there's still a lot of unpacking that Abby can do for him and new insights they, that she will have on his character now coming out of this. Um, in terms of the actual magical cost, you know, there's also – the fact that um, as they were packing up, Crane, you know, go, looks down at the floor and picks up the uh, the Grand Grimoire. Right. And takes it with him. So they have this book. Yeah. Um, and even though the spell was reversed, that's still, you know, a spell cast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, LaRonda also asked via email for Abby, um, is, is, Ab- is magic, do you all think that magic is um, strictly off limits for her character? I mean, we've seen for her, who? for Abby. Ah. So we've seen Abby participate in some spells. We saw her do it with Katrina. We've seen her do it with Grace. And the raising of the kindred. That's right. So, um, so but, you know, will she ever, do you think magic powers are... Are in her character's, you know, po- realm of possibility, but or is it kind of like we need a magic straight man in a way? You know, one one of the things in in season one, um, well, there were a couple of things. One is that Abby, we really wanted to ground Abby in the the point of view of the audience and somebody who has our our perspective about magic and the you know the unreality of this world. Also, that magic should be 
rare and mm-hmm. difficult and not something that's easily just picked up. Right. And so I think that, uh, to me at least, if she does, there has to be a significant amount of you know, it's it's something. It's don't try this at home sure. <laughs> without, okay. don't try without this significant if- guidance and care, and um, and that's you know just something that uh, you know. It's funny for for there there was a real a non-story production reason that we always all, among the producers felt that. Um, Magic can tend to look kind of cheap and cheesy mm. on television unless done right. And so we wanted to work very hard to find a way to make it look good and feel real on our show before really delving into it. Sure. Um, and in addition to that, I think just as a rule, especially for a character who's not a witch like Abby – right. Uh, you want it there. You want there to be a cost. You want it to be something that's not just thrown in. I can't just blink and you know have the world change. Of it course, just, it's it's too easy. And so I think that that you know there should be an emotional. There should be a physical cost. There should be some new revelations that come out of any any use of any kind of magic. Sure. Well, and also we saw Katrina. We saw the effect it had on Katrina, and Katrina was a witch. I mean, Katrina was a practicing witch, and yeah. she got very deep into it, and it didn't end well. Um, no. Well, I mean, and and I think that this is something. You know, she was powerful in 1781, and she was a part of this coven. And that was a, a a skill honed over a long period of time, completely depleted by spending 230 years in purgatory. Yeah. And so coming out of that experience and being in a f- alien world and weakened really threw her character off. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that part of the allure of the Grand Grimoire for her was uh, achieving that power again mm-hmm. and being able to – um, become the the you know the the person with the authority and the confidence and the power that she had back in the day, and then it, once you get seduced by that, there's there's no going back. Sure, um, I have one last question for you on the time travel issue, and I I felt like it was pretty clear, but a handful of people wrote in, and tr- in, uh, including uh, Troy, uh, writing from Hawaii, by the way, and he signs awesome. his emails Mahalo, so Mahalo, <laughs> Troy. Yeah, Troy. Um, but uh, he kind of said like, okay, so it seems like Katrina's experience was something along the lines of Quantum Leap while Abby was more back to the future. And the way I saw it was, you know, well, Abby Mills did Wait, who, who was Quantum Leap? Uh, uh, Katrina. Oh, okay. Right. So, but the way I see it is, you know, Abby Mills didn't exist in 1781. So naturally, and I would imagine... That's exactly... So, so here's the, the laws of physics, which I studied before <laughs> okay. writing this episode. If you travel back in time and you already exist... You in, inhabit your own body. Mm-hmm. If you don't exist, right. then you go back as you are. So that's what happened with Abby and Katrina simply went back into her own self. And if you don't believe that this is the case, try it. <laughs> so, and you'll, you'll see. Touche, touche. Okay, um, I want to ask about Ichabod and Abby. Uh, I, you know, I have to, I have to ask this only because it was asked so beautifully. Uh, Cosmosis, which is at Cosmosis eight five, said, are, "Thanks, Cosmosis." Yes, it said, "Are Crane and the Lieutenant going to be witnesses with benefits next season?" <laughs> <laughs> 
bitch. Right. Which is, you know, look, I know that so the answer... Knowing you in a biblical sense. Exactly. Right? A li- literally a biblical sense. And look, I feel like we all kind of know the know the stock answer here, but just because he said witnesses with benefits, I, I had to ask. I, I love that. <laughs> witnesses with benefits. Uh, yeah, yeah. Keep watching. Let's mm-hmm. see what happens. Mm-hmm. That's fair. All right. <laughs> yeah, especially because Tom. Now, I I can't speak for Mr. Tom Meisen, and one day I would love to have him on a podcast. But oh, uh, I'm sure he'd but love to. he had the he had this line right before he kind of fell off the Sleepy Hollow grid, where he was like, "Oh yeah, Ichabod's totally in love with Abby," and I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god, he did it!" <laughs> I think. I mean, I can't speak for him, but I thought he was kidding. But I mean. Well, there, there are lots of kinds of love. That's true. That's true. Okay, so speaking of Ichabod, the man himself, uh, a couple of people asked about some fun, like, will Ichabod ever, you know, listen to discover like Michael Jackson or something like that or or go to a football game or, you know, something? Did you guys ever kick around those kinds of ideas? In yeah. The- they're, uh, they're, I mean, that's there, there are just so many, 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 many great <laughs> situations that we want to you know, place Ichabod in. Um, he's never rode a plane, yeah, <laughs> or an elevator, or a, <laughs> gone to a football game. You know, there's a lot of a lot of music that we can expose him to. Still, um, yeah, you just you know you got to do it when it feels right for the story. And so you know we we have you know lists and lists and lists of those things, and we also have lists of you know various myths, uh, American. Um, you know, worldwide myths. There, there's, there's a lot of stories that are kicking around, and it doesn't kind of gel until we find what's the emotional core of right. the episode. What, what do we want to say in this episode about Abby or about Crane or about their relationship? Sure. And until we hit on that, then we build from there and decide, you know, what fun situations we can put them into to help. You know, that'll that'll make it all gel and uh, be entertaining. Yeah, one of my favorite moments this season was when Holly and Ichabod had to go to the club. And <laughs> that was, I mean, there's such a, it was such yeah. a wonderful scene. And by yeah, the way, Ichabod are. could not have been at a club with a better person. Oh, totally. Because you know, like, Holly's like, hey, and Ichabod's like, what is going on over here? Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, the whole exposure to the lights and the dance that's music. Right. So that's cool. right, that's um, right. So, uh, speaking... That was great. You know, we actually had... Um, I don't know. Did did you get to go to to Wilmington? I for that never episode? got to go on set. Ever. We did a. Um, well, well, we'll fix that next season. Okay. And for your hometown. That's too. right. I know. If it's Atlanta, they have no choice. They have um, no choice. But that that set was actually a press day, and they had a bunch of press. I think it was mostly from New York. Oh wow! Who came down and were extras? Oh, awesome! In the club. So just, yeah. yeah. Man, you can find me in the club <laughs> with Ichabod and Holly. Okay, I'm, that's why I'm not 50 Cent. Okay, um, so speaking of Ichabod, though, uh, Donna, who is at Donnery2 on Twitter, asked, so now Crane is completely without relationships outside of Abby, right? His biological son is dead. Um, all of his founding father friends are dead. Um, <laughs> and uh, his wife is gone. And even Caroline, his little cosplay buddy, mm-hmm. bit the dust. So, um, you know, was that a... Obviously, that took a whole two seasons. But was that an, something that you guys kind of thought about while you were sort of scripting this? Like, okay, when we go forward, we're going to... He's kind of isolated. Yeah, it's something that, you know, initially was a big part of his character as uh, finding himself as this man out of time. And, you know, when when his wife was in purgatory, 
uh, he didn't have anyone except Abby to talk to. He was, she was the only person who, you know, would even believe him, and that took a while. Uh, so, you know, it's a little bit getting back to that uh, point where it's about these two witnesses, and then we ha- we of course have have Jenny and Irving as well. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the two of them alone. Um, but I think that's the starting point, and then we'll build from there. Yeah. One of my favorite, favorite things that happened this season was um, in Magnum Opus. I loved the fact that <laughs> yeah, was, was he had episode. that whole, you know, yeah, it was an amazing episode. Um, but it, he had that whole thing where he, Ichabod wrestled with, look, you know, Katrina told me to do this, and I did it. And, you know, my my I fought in this war, and I'm over here. Like, who am I? I don't even know. And it's funny because, um, and I I mentioned this on that particular episode of the Sleepy Cast, but I had had that same thought. I had ha- I had wondered yeah. that for Ichabod before it even came up, and so I was really glad that it got addressed. But I'm assuming, or Great. I would hope that that would continue. Yeah, it was a real crisis of of conscience and identity, and I think that it's. I mean, it, you know, and and it was one of the things really we wanted to contrast in Tempest Fugit is that the Ichabod Crane of 1781 knew who he was, mm. knew where he stood, uh, and had a confidence and, and a sense of purpose. He was fighting this war. Uh, and all of that, I mean, you know, the, the idea that you're one day fighting this war and then the next you wake up and learn the most insane <laughs> you could possibly think of. Not only was that war not the war you thought of, but your wife's a witch, and now it's 230 years later. Um, it's it's devastating to yeah. you know, and it, it it causes you to have to rethink everything about not just the world that you live in, but who you are as, as a person and how you got to that place. And and so uh, earlier in the season, we we kind of we wanted to set that up and really explore that mm-hmm. with him of how he's starting to to really start you know. He's taking the time to consider as he goes on these missions, which, you know, clearly he needs to do, but now the requirement to successfully fulfill the prophecy is you have to know who you are. Mm -hmm. And with, you know, there's a line in the script about how the urgency of, (laughs) you know, the, the apocalypse didn't really give him time to consider it that much. Mm-hmm. And now he's got to stop and take that moment. And, mm-hmm. and I, I thought that was part of the, one of the most fun things uh, we got to do in that episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, the, speaking of, all right, so let's switch over to Abby for a second. She has this wonderful scene with Grace mm-hmm. uh, in the season finale last night. And uh, she also has a great scene with, with Franklin. Um, but both of them kind of, as we talked about last week with our Easter eggs, kind of mentioned mm-hmm. This idea of others or the future or battles or all of these things. And, um, you know, that uh, that's that that was also another little I'm going to leave this right here for you. Fans (laughs) think about it for a minute. But I mean, you know, uh, (laughs) so I guess let me ask in the context of season one or season two, you know, have we met these people yet? Maybe. Uh, Maybe. Um. Yeah, part of this, you know, Abby is so smart and savvy that she's not going to let a moment go. Sure, you know, um, Franklin's got his questions about sure. the future, but she's got a, a pretty big handful of questions herself. So, you know, I think that she was um, really eager uh, to to find out more and ask him. 
and you know again the urgency of the moment and of course the horsemen of death um, invading their <laughs> right. party a little bit kind of ruined the uh, moment didn't get her to, to get too far along those lines but yeah you know Franklin didn't he wasn't being coy with her he he, mm-hmm. he would have told her. So, um, in terms of uh, season two, and you know, we I feel like we we've wrapped up the Moloch mythology pretty well. Um, it seems to be done, but you know, I wanted to ask maybe for exactly maybe. There's always a maybe in Sleepy Hollow, um, but but you know. A lot of people have asked about the other horsemen. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people have asked about um, about the if the idea is that if we're kind of wrapped up on that type of mythology for a minute, maybe we're going to move into otherworldly mythology. You know, and and so I'm curious. You know, it it, it had to have been because we were on this book of revelations for basically two seasons, and yeah. and now it's kind of uh, are we to understand that. For the time being, that's kind of over here, and we don't have to really worry about these other horsemen or think about this. Or I, I wouldn't say that. I mean, and the other thing that that I get from the Book of Revelation is that it does talk about it lists the number of days, and it's you know seven years mm-hmm. of trials and tribulation. So while it doesn't specify what happens during those seven years, we do know that there are four horsemen, and we know that this, this is going to last a while, and that we're just starting that journey. Uh, so I think we've only scratched the surface. And, you know, I personally hope that it expands well beyond the book of Revelation. Definitely. And I think getting into other cultures uh, is just fascinating. And also in the same way that the uh, show, you know, goes well beyond any one mythology, whether it's Washington Irving's book or or the book of Revelation already, um, I think that it will create an apocalypse and a version of those seven years mm-hmm. that really is is something unique to the show. I, I have to tell you, I loved the Caliuga episode this season. Awesome. I thought it was so Great. cool and really fun and, and neat, just really fun, like kind of new thing. Um, actually, also, so um, somebody, speaking of Caliuga. Yeah. And, and Holly was great, too. Holly was, was so great. I love that character. I know he, I'm glad that he is off- in the universe somewhere <laughs> and could potentially return. Eating shawarma with the kindred <laughs> and Orion. Exactly. They're kind of having a party. Um, but uh, somebody asked, and I'm trying to actually find the question, about Abby and Holly. Um, now, obviously, we know that Jenny and Holly mm-hmm. had a little little something-something mm-hmm. going on. Um, and it seemed that at first, Holly, when we first met Holly, he was sort of given hungry eyes to Abby. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm curious about this sort of love triangle. You know, um, was, you know, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. It was never meant to be a traditional love triangle. We we don't like anything that feels like something you've seen before. Sure. Um, and these are two very ad- adult, smart, close now uh, women and and it was not the intention that like this would be a guy getting in between them right. or, you know anything right. like that. It was much more Holly's character can't help himself, <laughs> and these are two awesome awesome women. Yes. And when he first meets Abby, uh, he's completely smitten and intrigued, um, and then he kind of realizes that that will never work for him or for her. Um, 
And so, you know, he moves on and starts to come to the realization that Jenny really, you know, he sees just how special Jenny is. And I think part of what's cool is their their prior relationship. These are both – these are two individuals who never really have a relationship or never looking for a relationship. Right. They were, you know, ships passing in the night, um, independent uh, people who don't – who are not looking for, you know, that soulmate. Right. And don't need that in their life. And what I thought was a, a really a, a nice arc for him and for Jenny was that the two of them learning to see each other on a different level is he's now decided to stay put for a little mm-hmm. while and stay in Sleepy Hollow. And he's um, he's not used to that. He's really a guy who's been following the money for a long time and right. really out for himself. And he has seen goodness and um, seen people who really care and he's attracted to that mm-hmm. and and it's changing him mm-hmm. and so uh you know i i thought it was really quite beautiful the way he you know comes back around to jenny and she gives him another chance mm-hmm. it takes a while um but you know she is willing and it's very new territory for her too to i mean she's never as far as we know she hasn't had a boyfriend right. uh or or cared to have one and so she, you know, she had a friend with benefits and, and now, you know, to see where that went um, was, was interesting for, you know, for, for part of the season. Mm-hmm. So I guess to wrap up, um, you know, I wanted to ask you, having been working on this show since the beginning, like if you just had any sort of, you know, like reflections or thoughts or anything about the experience and uh and you know also i would imagine too going from something like you know because you worked on studio 60 correct i did so studio yeah, 60 I started on west wing yeah west wing white collar and now you're in this crazy world <laughs> there, there's magic and demons and you know yeah this is this is my first genre show and um look you know i gotta thank uh alex and bob and uh, Heather Caden and and Phil and Len for you know for inviting me to this party, and um, part part of it was I've I've always wanted to do genre. I've I've been a huge fan of it as a as a viewer, really avid viewer. Um, but you know, always worked on on other shows and loved doing that. And when when I came on, part of it was I was really attracted to the the history yeah. and the idea that this founder. Uh, of our nation, you know, could have a point of view about today. Mm-hmm. And that was really the the big draw for me was that, you know, him along with Abby Mills, these two just incredible characters working together, it didn't matter what world uh, to me at first. Uh, it just, it, getting to play with those two characters and getting to hear his point of view about America, you know, meshed with hers and the two of them working this out just seemed um, you know, perfect. Um, but what I really quickly discovered, uh, is, you know, getting to work in genre and getting to work on this show specifically, just it, the blowing the doors out of reality, Right. that there is no limit to the bat <laughs> craziness that we can come up with. And as long as you can find, you know, again, just going back to that, the, the initial thing that attracted me, the, the emotional core for these two characters, um, and keeping them, and I think this is also kind of something that I brought to it was a, a grounded reality mm-hmm. because I was approaching it as a guy who's written on shows where <laughs> you don't have monsters walk in <laughs> right. in the middle of a scene. Um, 
you know, that I, I had that point of view and, um, and it was really liberating as a, as a writer and just a, a, a treat. And to then get to mix in this history, which I'm, I'm just, I'm a huge history buff and, and, you know, I, I got a master's from, you know, Harvard in, in, um, in government. And, and so I've spent a long time thinking about our government, the way our society works. Uh, I even worked as a speechwriter for, for a while in, in DC, and so, you know, getting to, to bring that to these characters and having Ichabod Crane's point of view uh, and Abby's uh, about what, what, you know, today's society is, um, is a real – it's just a – it's a joy and something that there's no other show on television that gets to have this kind of mashup. And so – you know, we had this. Even Kevin Riley called it a, a soup. <laughs> so you got this giant soup, and you're mixing it all up, and you know, and we'll go from. Uh, it was just a blast and incredibly liberating to say, well, you know, uh, what's going to surprise people in the middle of this scene? You know, how about if the Wendigo pops right. up and let's build the kindred yes. and um, you know, and getting to mix all the, the mythology was just um, really, really fun, and and um, I think that's also how you know. Because I didn't know the boundaries, we just, uh, you know, we all just kept pushing them. And, um, you know, again, we had a terrifically gifted writing staff who had a ton more genre experience mm-hmm. than I did. And, and of course, the creators of the show um, was kind of guiding lights. And, um, you know, it was really, uh, I think there are at least 500 people working on this show. Wow. And, you know, even to, once an episode is done, that's, and, and it's a 10-day episode which in you know white collar was a seven day episode mm. so we got to shoot significantly more and it took that and the first season was an incredible beast just trying to understand how to make the amount of action and um and comedy and and all these moments work um our visual effects budget is you know one of the highest on television and and that you don't even see until you know you're three weeks in the post and so um there was a, a rather steep learning curve for all of us. But then just getting, you know, even once we finish an episode, to get to sit in the edit bay with these just brilliant visual effects uh, artists and, you know, create the effects that we saw like last night when, you know, conceiving, well, how's the undo spell going to work? Right. And that has to look very different from the traveler's spell at the beginning. But yet we want to make it very clear that this is the undo spell. So how are we going to do that? Well, here's the – and so I'll come up with the images and then I'll sit with these – um, VFX artists and we come up with it and you know and uh, and it's all scripted beforehand meticulously so that we know how the you know this powder that um, Grace is going to blow into the air and um, you know it's it's just it's it's so much fun it was just every day was a, a learning you know every day was something new we got to learn um, about uh, history about um, monster creation. Uh, and about ourselves and mm-hmm. uh, our society. So uh, just a joy. And, you know, we had, like I said, an amazing group of people to get to do it. So uh, I'm, I'm thrilled that, you know, by, by the end of season two, it was an incredibly well-oiled machine, mm-hmm. um, you know, which uh, you don't typically talk about in these kinds of things, but we finished the episode, which was our most ambitious episode to date, Every day we finished early. Every day 
you know, everybody got to go home and we're like, wow, we, we kicked ass. Like it was just, it was a very energetic and fun set. And I think that kind of momentum and joy with the cast, um, and the crew, um, you know, is, is rare and, uh, something that I think will, you know, hopefully propel the show for a long time. Yeah. There, there's a, a famous line in playwriting that says, you know, if, if you haven't started a riot, you, uh, you haven't done your job <laughs> as a writer. And so, you know, I, I think about that a lot and we really, we, you know, the, the shows hopefully uh, are provocative and provide something that's both entertaining and really, you know, causing, causing a stir. So it's <laughs> <laughs> um, without, yes, I think, I think mission accomplished. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> So you just reminded me because Clark, I think you, you do this really well. You're always, you know, trying new projects and really pushing yourself. And um, when I, you know, first was thinking about this, you know, go, coming on to this show, every year I try to take on one, at least one project that just scares the. <laughs> you know, yes, it is something that I've never done before creatively. That, right. that really I know will push the bounds of what I know, what I think I can do, and I think it's important, especially in in art and storytelling. Mm-hmm. But I think anywhere to be able to you know to one not take yourself so seriously, but also to try something that's way outside of your comfort zone, right? And that's how you grow as an artist and as a mm-hmm. as a writer and as a person. And, um, you know, I've been incredibly fortunate to get to do that here and got, yeah, time travel definitely scared <laughs> the crap out of me. A lot of people have been stuck in those paradoxes yeah. for a long, long time. Um, but I knew that just, you know, staying true to, to what I do know well and what I like and these characters will get me through the ride. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's again, how I approached, you know, coming onto this, uh, show, a genre show, uh, in which you know I I didn't have a lot of experience. I, it, there was part of it that was just terrifying, but uh, and especially knowing how big and bold it was. Mm-hmm. But embracing that and saying let's just have fun with it and let's use it as a chance to really try something never been done before um, is where you get to a really exciting place. Well, it seems like you caught the hang of it too, because, you know, I remember during our conversation about the season finale, when you were talking about Sutton and handling that delicate situation and maybe turning him into a monster, like the thought coming (laughs) in of like, how do I, okay, I should maybe turn him into the metaphorical monster. And it was like, and I, when you said that, I was like, spoken like a true genre guy. That's exactly what you would do. I didn't say that, but I thought it. And so, you know, it it sounds like you kind of gotten the hang of it well once you realize that the rules of physics don't necessarily have to apply um your world really opens up as a storyteller <laughs> <laughs> well mission accomplished i think uh, awesome thanks well i appreciate you guys and the entire you know writer's room and everybody but especially you taking so much time out of your day to talk to me and to answer our questions and to do all this stuff so i really appreciate well, that it, it's a pleasure. I mean, it, honestly, that's it's incredibly gratifying when you create something. You you never know whether anybody's going to like it, hate it, uh, or or just not even care, right. which is kind of the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's being written about it, um, and you know I've got to experience all of those. And, you know, I, one of the things Alex Kurtzman said when when we first started uh, on the show, and he he was talking about this very fine line that we were going to find between just what works incredibly well mm-hmm. and what is absolutely 
absurd and ridiculous and will be rejected out of hand. And we're constantly looking for that line. And so, um, you know, it's, it's nice to, uh, to find it and, and be embraced. And, you know, the fact that people care enough to even listen out to, to uh, watching an episode is one thing that's really exciting, but listening to me talk about it, really, that's interesting. Okay. Um, so the fact that people are that interested in, in what goes on and how we're creating the show is, is a real treat. And so th- thank you. And, um, thank everybody for, for caring. Awesome. I think that's it. I think that's it for us. So, Mark, thanks again, and um, thank you. Thank you. Season two wrap. Yeah. All righty, friends. There you have it. That's it. That's it for the Sleepy Cast for a little while. Um, I just would like to send my biggest, biggest thanks to all of you who are listening, if you're still listening. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me into the Sleepyhead community. Thank you all so much for interacting, for sending questions and thoughts and emails and, and tweets and Facebook messages and Facebook posts and Instagram and everything. It's just the last couple of months have been an incredible experience for me. I have learned so much doing this show. I was terrified when it started um, because as a fan of this show I absolutely wanted to do it justice and do its incredible fan base justice and uh, but now that we've come to the end of it I I'm so proud and thrilled and really really grateful to have been a part of this community this fan community and I thank you all so much for being so being such a big part of the sleepy cast um, I'm not going anywhere just because the sleepy cast is wrapped for the time being doesn't mean that I'm going to disappear. So please, please, as always, stay in touch via Facebook. Uh, at uh, It's going to be facebook.com slash official Clark Wolf and also on Instagram and Twitter at Clark Wolf, Clark with an E, Wolf with an E. And we still have our handy dandy sleepycast Gmail, which is going to be sleepycastpod, P-O-D at gmail.com. Thank you all so, so, so much for listening. I can't believe this is it, but it has been an incredible journey. I'm so thrilled and so proud. And let's all cross our fingers for season three of Sleepy Hollow. So until next time, sweet dreams, sleepyheads. Now leaving Nerdist.com.